0: While Israel is at war, Craig Silverman has the Colorado Homefront covered. Listen here for insightful views, plus interviews with powerful guests. Craig's Colorado Homefront.
1: Hey there, sports fans. I wish we could just talk about the Denver Nuggets. But we have to talk about the world and the world war against the Jews. And since I'm a Jew, I'm very interested in this. We have a new spinoff series that is called Craig's Colorado Homefront, because I've been talking about this issue. I'm passionate about it. I've followed it for decades, and we talk about it now with great opinion makers like Senator Daphne, Michelson, Jene. What a fascinating person. I can't wait till you hear what she has to say. She may be president before you know it. I'm sort of an old guy now, but it gives me perspective. And I know some prominent people like Ken Buck, how we used to battle under the boards in the Denver Bar Lawyers League. And he was okay. I think I was better, but he competed when he was an assistant U.S. attorney who's a good friend of Bill Ritter, who was my boss. And then I competed against Bill. And I know what competition is about. And we are in a competition right now for our lives. And the Jewish people need allies. And I think that means the truth. The truth is that the Western way is better. And this Hamas way, not good. Not good. Not just for the Jews, but obviously for Christians too. And I've contemplated this, of course, since nine eleven. but as a Jew, even before that, the 1973 war. But Daphne, my guest, and she's Senator Michelson, Sinead. I just kind of met her. It's not like we know each other well, but hell, we're in the soup together. As you'll hear, And we are reacting to what happened. How should we react? I look to smart people like her. Should we talk about what happened in Aurora with that clergyman named Mitchell that I played at the end of my last episode, 178? I think we should. But I'm trying not to make a big deal out of it because I know there are a lot of great Muslim people here in Colorado and that they have different sympathies. And boy, we get into it as we talk about Representative Jodah. We talk about so many things. But ultimately, Senator Michelson-Jene, who handled the Tim Hernandez thing, so expertly said this. Yes, you should play it, Craig. We have to let people know what's going on. We can't hide from the truth. And the truth about Hamas is horrible. And I think the best part of this interview, spoiler alert, but how would she react to Speaker Mike Johnson in the U.S. House? A Christian nationalist, but a guy who favors Israel right now. And we favor Israel. Should we accept support from him and her answer? And mine is hell yes. Hell yes, we should. And I don't like Christian nationalism. Ultimately, there's a lot of Jew-hating there, and Donald Trump with his hosting of Fuentes and Kanye West and Mar-a-Lago last Thanksgiving. Come on now. Proud Boys, stand back, stand by. We know what Steve Bannon and all that's about. So I've been really disappointed in people I've known for decades for not calling this out, but maybe... Well, I know there's reason behind George Brockler who wants political office, and that might be Ken Buck's just vacated congressional spot. And I've been battling George as he calls the prosecutors of Trump to be racist. Alvin Bragg, Bonnie Willis, Tish James. I don't what? And then they went after Polis Weiser and Griswold, he and his benefactor Dan Kaplis because they didn't call out Tim Hernandez. Well, look, right now we've got that resolve Behind the scenes, shit was happening, good shit. Where people made up because everybody could see if they studied the facts that the real enemy is Hamas. Tim Hernandez sees that now. I see it. And I'm going to call just a little bit of a temporary truce with a bunch of Christian nationalists, maybe even Jenna Ellis. I don't know. Not with Trump, though. But with people who I know, who I don't think would really sell out Israel. And I don't think Kaplan's would. I don't think, well, I don't think Brockler would. And he might be the congressman. And boy, we've gotten into it. But I've Got memories of better times. That day I photographed him with Donald Trump, him, Ben Carson, Donald Trump. Ben Carson just endorsed Donald Trump again. And I once introduced Ben Carson. What's changed? Everything's changed. But right now, Israel needs to survive. And I listened to those guys because that was my real estate. And I like to hear the topics. What are they going to talk about today? And Van Kaplis, for once, he put aside Democratic partisanship, and he praised our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken. And it wasn't qualified. He did say that he was praising him for the first time, but he didn't say I disagree. He just praised him, because Tony Blinken's the real deal. And you don't have to question, I don't question if he's on the side of the Jews, because his family survived the Holocaust. I mean, not most of them, but enough to produce him. Same with Phil Weiser's family. So you don't need to question whether Jennifer, Phil, or Jared are are with Hamas. They're not. Holy cow. They want to kill us. But then, you know, that's red meat. If you want to win a congressional seat or if you want to be DA in Douglas County, I guess you have to suck up to Dave Let's Go Brandon Williams because he is Colorado State Party Chair. And when they host Kerry Lake, well, what are you going to say? And what do you say in Arizona is now Kerry Lake says, Hey, I'm no Jew hater. Sure, I have a little QAnon following. Well, Q is conspiracy theory. And it's protocols of the elders of Zion, which is part of the Hamas Charter. So what are you doing? Well, look, I don't have the answer, but back to Dan Kaplis. He did play this sound from Tony Blanken, and I'm going to play it for you now because it's every Jewish person's worst nightmare, and I won't soon forget it. And I don't mind if you skip ahead five minutes. And by the way, I'd like you to follow, subscribe, Spotify, Apple. Spotify, you you can play my voice at three times speed, and I sound better that way, in my opinion, but my brain handles it. Maybe two times speed on Apple works, or 1.5, whatever it is, I appreciate you listening, even in real time, because it's not me today. It's Senator Michael Cheney, and it's Tony Blinken. This is not suitable for kids. And if you heard it before, you don't need to hear it again. But the first time I really listened to it was listening to Dan Kaplis. And he's right, and so is Senator Michelson-Shanay, that this needs to be played for people to realize what we're up against. And sure, I could picture that in my family breakfast kitchen area with my young kids. And I know Dan loves so much his wife and his two beautiful kids. And he knows that if it happens to the Silvermans, it can happen to the capitalists next because they want law. They want radical Islam to prevail. And you'll hear when I talk with Representative and gene I go down that road, which I did on talk radio, but people don't want to talk about that. And I'm drinking that in. I'm drinking a lot in, and I'm providing it to you. This show today is sponsored by me and my law firm because I don't want anybody else to have to pay for this. And I want, by my airing of this sound of Tony Blinken and then this rising star, this incredible person, Senator Michaelson shene a woman named Daphne. I looked up that name. It comes from, what is it, the Greek, Daphne? It's so beautiful, Daphne. She told me the right pronunciation. She's such a great guest. And she worries and she put it on Twitter and I got really over-exercised against Elon Musk, but damn it, he's no friend of the Jews. He's no friend of Israel. He's no real friend of Ukraine. He's a friend of Vladimir Putin, just like Trump. And I worry about that dirty deal. And ultimately, I feared the pitch. It's already starting. Hey, God, put in Trump, you know why? Because he's the one who can calm. Hamas down through his pal Putin, and maybe that's so, and we talk about that with the senator. But let's just talk about what we have to do here on the Colorado home front, and I'm going to call a ceasefire with Brocklin and Kaplis because they are, for all their flaws, supporters of Israel, And anti-Hamas, I do believe. I just wish they would talk about Jew haters on the right, too. But that's for another day. We've got to take the help where we can get it. That's not just me. That's Senator Michelson, Janae. So I think I've puzzled out some things. We're in a desperate fight. As you hear this sound, I can't possibly live in a world where anybody would threaten my family and do these kind of acts. This is subhuman, and we need to talk about where that comes from at some point, because I guarantee most Muslim people don't want to live this way, and they've paid a big price for this. Here's Tony Blinken, brave Secretary of State. And by the way, how do we defeat Donald Trump? Because Joe Biden has stood up for Israel so beautifully. And yeah, there are people on the left flank, but he... He's put them aside, just like Tim Hernandez, who I don't want to put him down. But not everybody's going to agree. And listen to the Rachmanis from Senator Michael shaneh toward Representative Jodah, who's a Palestinian. And there's no doubt I'm biased toward Jewish people in this because we're a tiny little people and we were in Israel long before anybody So it's not a matter of colonization. And I just, let's not go down that road. Let's listen to Tony Blinken, who works for Joe Biden, who's doing a hell of a job. And he has my support, as does Secretary Blinken testifying earlier this week to the Senate about the need for funding. And he has this to say, warning the Senate panel, as I do to you right now. This segment lasts a couple of minutes, and then we'll have the interview with the really interesting Senator Daphne Michelson Chennai. Thanks for listening. Teleprint, please subscribe, and this stuff will just pop up. Thank you.
2: Including, and if you'll forgive me, because again, these stories recede so quickly uh, a family at its breakfast table at one of the kibbutzes. And by the way, the profound irony of attacks on kibbutzes, the very people who most ardently believe and want a future of peace between Israelis and Palestinians, a future of two states, Uh, a family of four, a young boy and girl, six and eight years old, and their parents around the breakfast table, the father his eye gouged out in front of his kids, the mother's breast cut off, the girl's foot amputated, the boy's fingers cut off before they were executed. And then their executioners sat down and had a meal. That's what this society is dealing with. And no nation could tolerate that. And as we've said repeatedly, as President Biden has repeatedly made clear, Israel has not only the right, but the obligation to defend itself and to try to take every possible step to make sure this doesn't happen again. We've been equally clear that it is vitally important how Israel does this. And the imperative of doing everything possible to protect civilians as well as to care for those who are endangered by the conflict is something that we feel strongly. Um, you're of course right that this is a special burden on Israel because Hamas cynically and monstrously puts intentionally civilians in harm's way by hiding behind them, by using them as human shields, by placing its people, by placing its equipment, uh, by placing its ammunition, uh, its uh, weapons, its command posts, underneath hospitals, underneath schools, in residential complexes. But for each of us, and particularly for democracies like Israel and the United States, we have to bear the burden of doing everything we possibly can to ensure that civilians uh, are not harmed and to care for those who need our help. When it comes to a ceasefire, in this moment, you're exactly right. Uh, That would simply consolidate what Hamas has been able uh, to do uh, and allow it uh, to uh, remain where it is and potentially repeat what it did uh, another day. And that's not tolerable. Uh, no nation would tolerate it. We do believe that uh, we have to consider things like humanitarian pauses to make sure that assistance can get to those who need it and that people can be protected and get out of harm's way. But we can't have a, a situation where there's a reversion to the status quo, where when this is over, it goes back to Hamas being responsible for the governance uh, and uh, so-called security uh, of Gaza, because that's simply an invitation to repeat what happened.
1: Hey everybody, for all of your legal needs, why not start with me? 734-7156, 303-734-7156, I've been practicing law in Colorado for over 42 years, and I know a lot of people. And if I can't do right by you, I can steer you in the right direction. My number, 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims, a voice for people with legal difficulties. What an honor and a privilege to welcome a state senator from Colorado, Daphna Michelson-Jene. Before we could give her a big muzzle top on her elevation from state rep, October 7th happened. And it's not like I know the senator well. We've met a time or two. And yet we're family because we're Jews in the soup together. But she is an Israeli-American I visited Israel once. I saw her speak powerfully at the pro-Israel rally on a Sunday a couple of weeks ago, and I want everybody to hear from you, Senator. Thank you very much for being on my podcast.
0: Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And yeah, October 7th really shook our community in a, in a way that we haven't been shaken in 70 years.
1: Yes. And as an American, I'm thinking it was like Pearl Harbor for my parents. But I'm older than you. Let's find out about you. When and where were you born?
0: I was born in Tel Aviv in in the 70s, <laughs> in the early 70s. And um, uh, my parents were a new olim. So they had just moved to Israel. My mother to join the rest of her family. My father to live out his mother's dreams, and we lived just outside of Tel Aviv and Kfarsaba. Where did they move from? They moved from uh, New York and Philadelphia. Fascinating. I know a lot of Denverites
1: who have made that move. And then what was your journey? Did you go to school in Tel Aviv? What was that like? I spent one day there in my life, and I said, gosh, I have to go
0: back to this city. I love it. First of all, they moved to America when I was six months old. So I didn't I didn't get the benefit of growing up in Israel. But my travels there, you know, I went by myself when I was 11 years old before my bat mitzvah and stayed with my uncle for I, I was there for about two months. And then it's just been trip after trip after trip.
1: So before we go an inch further, how is your family in Israel?
0: My family is pretty stressed out. Much of my family is in Jerusalem. And so they're generally doing okay. My niece told me that she's going back to work and like, things are are somewhat normalizing towards how you work when you're in war. I I can't even imagine. Well, we can't imagine just a smidgen because
1: I think it's bothering me and my work, and I bet it's bothering you. I know it's on your mind, and there's no better expert on mental health. That's where you made a name for yourself. You have that I Matter program legislation. Tell everybody about your path. I, I don't want to short-circuit it. What, what city did you grow up in? And tell us kind of how you became such a
0: prominent Colorado? Well, thank you for that question. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and moved to Colorado. I got engaged while I was in college. I went to Yeshiva University, Stern College for Women, and your job is to get engaged before your senior year, and I did that. And I got engaged to a Cincinnati boy who I had dated in high school, and he called me one day and said, I'm moving to Colorado, are you coming? And I said, well, I guess so. I mean, we're engaged. So that's how I got out here. I love it, love it, love it in Colorado. And um, we've actually moved back and forth a number of times. I took a job in New York for a number of years, running a program called March of the Living that takes Jewish teenagers to concentration camps in Poland and to Israel So I was involved with that program for a number of years. So we moved back to New York and then came back here and our daughter was born here. And then we moved back again and our son was born in New Jersey. And then we finally said Colorado is really the place for us to be and made it our home when our son was about two years old. And he is 21 now. Fascinating. And. What is it about
1: Cincinnati? I've had a series of rabbis on and they have that big rabbit. H U C Yes, H U C. So Cincinnati, I've never been there. But Oh, it's lovely. It keeps coming up on my show. And you were in the eye of the storm. Tell everybody how you got involved in politics and why and, and just to back up a little bit, you made that choice to get involved in those Death Camp, Journeys, and then on to Ezra. Why did you
0: do that? Well, when I was 17 years old, I went on the second ever March of the Living. And it was with the B'nai B'rith Youth Organization, took two buses. Um, uh, it was a full scholarship. And we wouldn't have had the money to send me, so the scholarship was so important and it really impacted my life you know walking through auschwitz walking through majdanek and treblinka were almost the manifestation of the books that i had read right you know you you studying you studying you study but then you step on the ground and it's it's um really amazing how it impacts your life and how it impacts your soul so i was the first alum of that program to work full-time in Holocaust education. I was the director of Holocaust Awareness Institute at the University of Denver Center for Judaic Studies and was invited to an alumni reunion. They brought me to Israel and I got to speak to all of these alumni who are still connected because of this program. And I got to speak at the base of the Kotel. And I can't think of a better place to do a public speaking engagement than at the base of the Kotel. And that was really moving for me. And after that program, I was approached by the New York director of the Board of Jewish Education, and he said, I want you to come to New York. And that's how I ended up going to New York and continuing my work in Holocaust education, although all trip-based Holocaust education, you know, instead of classroom-based Holocaust education. But the politics is a whole different story. You know, I I guess everything builds up together, but I first got interested in politics when I figured out that I was born in Israel, but I can still run for president because I'm a natural-born citizen of the United States. And so I always love to tell people, it doesn't matter that I wasn't born in this country, I can still run for president. Now, I I wasn't thinking about president then. I'm not thinking about president now. But it was always, you know, there was always this kind of political background. But just to put a
1: a little exclamation point on that, you qualify because your parents were natural born citizens of America. And and that's the same way Barack Obama qualified regardless of where he was born. That's right. And, and That's that right. just demonstrates the people who attacked him on that were racist, right? Because it didn't even disqualify him. Anyway, back to you.
0: <laughs> so I worked in the community. I worked at Denver Health as the director of volunteer services and patient information, 500 bed public hospital here in Denver. And I was in a program called Leadership Denver. And w- while I did Leadership Denver I was constantly seeing problems I wanted to solve. So when I was 14, I made a promise to myself that, that I would never complain about a problem unless I was willing to work on the solution. And all of a sudden, every month, I'm doing this Leadership Denver program and they're showing me more problems in Denver and I wanna be involved in the solutions. And all of a sudden I'm sitting on all these boards and it's crazy. And it's a much longer story, but one day I decided I needed to travel to all 50 states to find and share ordinary people solving problems in their communities because I saw that America felt like Katrina was happening and the economy was collapsing. It was 2009 and I saw that Americans needed help and I believe the help comes from within. I believe the help comes from within your community and I wanted to show people that no matter what you look like, what you sound like, how much money or education you have, that you can solve a problem in your community. And I wrote a book about it called It Takes a Little Crazy to Make a Difference. I want to get it, but does it Uh, clom onto
1: the Jewish concept that Hashem is in everybody and that's what makes it happen?
0: Well, that's not the the goal, the focus of the book. Although I do, do talk about religious impact on me during the trip. Well, fascinating. Gosh, you have this
1: background, but how does a Jewish girl from Israel and Cincinnati end up being a state rep from Adams County? How does that happen?
0: So I was in the grocery store one morning and the cashier who happened to be a city councilman in Commerce City said, hey, Daphna, I need you to run for office. And I looked at him and I said, hey, Steve, I'm wearing my pajamas. He said, I don't care if you're wearing your pajamas in the grocery store. I still want you to run for office. And, you know, I came home and started having that conversation because the problems that I wanted to solve, I could solve if I was in the state legislature. I could actually bring solutions about. And so we got very excited about it. Um, someone approached me about the House seat, which was available, and um, I flipped it.
1: And it's part of Commerce City, which where my late parents are, Rose Hills Cemetery. Yes, so that's take, right. So many, many too, many right? dead Jews here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. Well, let's get to the subject of dead Jews and a guy who is in the legislature with you. And, and I, I don't mean to short circuit it, but it's fair to say he did such a good job as representative that a Senate spot came open and you filled it. Am I right? That sounds good. <laughs> and then, then we had October 7th. And let's let's just get to this uh, game changer of a day. And I was devastated. And, and I don't want to speak for all Jews, but we are a family. You agree with that, Daphna? I mean, it's- A hundred percent. And Hamas wants to kill every one of us. We're all in the soup together. So anybody who would celebrate it, It's just wow. We took notice and Tim Hernandez, who was never elected, but he got appointed to fill a vacant slot and he attended. Well, you take it from there because I think you are the hero of this story.
0: Oh, I don't know that I'm a hero, but he's a very young legislator. And the day I think it was the day of the attacks, there was a Palestinian rally that he attended and there was a Jewish community member who asked him to condemn Hamas and he would not condemn Hamas. And this was all on camera and he's, he's a young, young man. And I think that he has needed a lot of education. So ultimately the community started reaching out to me and saying, you have to do something about this, Tim Hernandez, you have to do something about this, Tim Hernandez. So I gave him a call. He didn't answer, which was fine. I don't always answer the let phone me either. Let me just back you up a, a second. Why you? I think I'm the most identifiable and loudly Jewish member of the legislature. I talk about being Jewish a lot, and it's I talk about how um, tikkun olam is, uh, the healing of the world is something that I practice, and I practice it through the legislature. So I think... I was just the and and also I had worked a lot in the Jewish community, so many Jewish community members know me very well i would
1: say I would say it was a testimonial
0: to your anticipated skills
1: handling such a delicate matter. Tell us how you did
0: it, so I gave him a call he didn't answer, so i I went on to Twitter, which I really. You know, I used to love Twitter. I hate Twitter now. It's it's violent and aggressive. And I can't even read the comments on my own tweets because they're a mess. And when I went on to Twitter. Can can I just
1: interject? uh, Because, you know, I'm on Twitter too. And I see your posts, which are powerful. But I just want to inject with three words and then I'll turn it back to you because this is a podcast where you can cuss. And I wanna say,
0: fuck Elon Musk. Okay, back to you, Senator. <laughs> I'm glad you got that off your chest. Thank you. Okay. So I went on Twitter and I posted that I was was disappointed in his behavior and his response to Hamas and, and his unwillingness to condemn Hamas. And then I talked about my own distress over the October seventh event. And we talked through in my post why I thought and knew what happened was so awful. And so, you know, he was he was a small part of the post, but the most of the post was about the event itself. But I had done the deed of calling him out, which was what was being waited for. And so I... Uh, then dealt with that blowback. (laughs) Right, but you were
1: effective. You actually had communication. Tell us, and it it ends with a great picture of you on Twitter with Tim Hernandez.
0: So Yes, so I, I called him again. No, 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 no. Yes, I called him again and got his voicemail, but he called me, and our first conversation was not very good. I felt like he... Couldn't hear me, didn't want to hear me, had his own opinions and beliefs, and they were different than mine, and near the twain shall meet. Then he called me four days later, four or five days later. In between our first phone call, he had called several members of the Jewish community to learn more, and he felt like he needed to apologize. And he called me, and he apologized to me, and he said he's working on it, and he condemns Hamas, and I, you know I have to believe him. And he came actually that picture. I'm getting my hair cut. <laughs> he came to the barbershop shop, and and we took the beauty salon, and we took a picture together because it's important. I think that we have to let people grow. If they if if we don't have room for people to grow, then why should they? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't give up on him. I have given up on Elon Musk. uh, (laughs) and, And it sounds like you are as well. I'm not going to surrender that battle space right now, because I get to read people like you and communicate and you communicate with others. But him going on with Joe Rogan and talking about Soros and Extinctionists and like Jews are the Extinctionists, Anyway, it just it bothers me. But back to yeah. you, I I heard you talk about this at the pro Israel rally, and a lot of people in the media tried to gain some sort of political advantage, cause uh, Democrat divisiveness by pitting Polis or Wiser or anybody against Hernandez when it was being handled behind the scenes, and you explained it magnificently. But I didn't see any of those people at the pro-Israel rally. But thank you for being there. And one thing that you spoke about, and I guess you talked about with Tim Hernandez, is the district that he represents where my parents were married, the old Temple Emmanuel. And after the rally, I rode my bike by there to see that magnificent structure, 16th and Pearl. I mean... It is magnificent.
0: Yes. So... Yeah and I I talked to him about the history of his district and the history of our community and n- not only the history but the present there's a a strong religious jewish community that still lives in his district that he represents and I wanted him to know that there were jews that he represented and give him the opportunity to speak to and learn from those people. And he took it. He, he absolutely took it. He took it without my help. He reached out independently of me to members of the Jewish community to learn more. That's wonderful. That's the
1: key to uh, saving the world. Can you do it on a, so. on a large scale? I mean, I'll work on it. <laughs> I, I, and, and I want to know the best approach. And y- you succeeded. For example, you're a politician now. And uh, in Washington, they just got a new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. He says he loves Israel. He comes at it from an evangelical Christian perspective. So we just say thank you, we appreciate it. And uh, please don't try to tie it to something else. Or should we say, do you know what I mean? Should we take help yeah. from
0: wherever we can get it right now? First of all, we don't have a choice. We need to take help from wherever we can get it. And, and I work closely with evangelicals in the legislature because I always work across the aisle. And their support for Israel is a true support for Israel. Is it a support for Israel For the reasons that you and I support Israel? No, but they support Israel for their own reasons. And for their own reasons, they will fight for Israel to remain a Jewish state. And we need that support. And we need support from other people who are not evangelical, who are just members of the community to understand, you know, there's there's this divide and this disconnect between understanding that, Israel is our ancestral homeland. You know, there's this belief that's being peddled that we, we just showed up there in 1948. This is our ancestral homeland. We too are indigenous to this land. Right. Exactly so. But back to politics,
1: we have the Republican nominee. It's going to be Trump, even if he's convicted. And he says, wow. You evangelical Christians love Israel even more than the Jews. Listen to what Daphne just said. And therefore, you should support me over
0: the Democrats. What do you say in response to that? I say that it's a lot more complex, but I understand Jews who will move to the right. I I believe that will happen as a result of this conflict and the, the response to it. Well, let's go to the Democrat Party. Let's stay in
1: Colorado. Representative Iman Jodah, she's in the House. She's apparently supportive of the views of Rashida Tlaib. I don't want to speak for her. I probably should talk to her. Maybe you have. What's going on there?
0: Well, Iman is Palestinian. She was born in Denver, but her her parents were Palestinian. And she feels very strongly, you know, she has family in Gaza. Most of her family is in the West Bank, but that's, that's erupted too right now. So, you know, she's, she's also in a delicate place of, of supporting her family and her community. And I admire and respect her for supporting her family and her community. And we have different views and perspectives of what's going on, but I believe for the most part, she has been very considerate in her language. What about the role of the media? For
1: example, on Twitter, and I played it at the end of my show, there was a clergyman named Mitchell in Aurora preaching the Jews are monkeys. Allah made them that way because he was punishing them. And should that be publicized? Should it be talked about? Should it be something behind the scenes? You tell me,
0: Senator. Well, I believe it should be talked about. I believe people need to understand what anti-Semitism is and what it looks like, because I don't think people understand when they're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that they need to consider anti-Semitism as well. And, you know, we're 60 percent of the, the religious hate violence is towards Jews. 60%, 60%, percent were 2% of the population. And this is in the United States. And we need to talk out loud. We need to talk, name it, show it, and um, combat it. Right,
1: like the Hamas charter. But don't we have to say that when it says in the charter, there's a Jew behind a rock, go kill him, where that comes from, from their holy books? And what do we do about that literal interpretation of Islam, and it's not like our holy book, which just describes events. These are uh, proscriptions. you shall do this, you should do that, go kill a Jew. I mean, what do we well, do I, about that? I'm not an expert in that, and I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to approach that. I well, see, I think everybody's kind of saying that, and I took the time to develop a little bit of an, of an expertise after nine eleven. Wondering oh, wow. what's going on. I mean, you've heard about the 72 virgins, right? And and don't you think those 3,000 guys were hopped up on drugs and that vision? And we see religious leaders, just a delicate topic. And also among our people, what are we going to do about the right-wing crazies in Israel? We need a reckoning there, don't we? We do need a reckoning. And I think that's happening right now. Right. And I don't know if it's time, and you can say, hey, it's not time, Craig, because we're all going through grief. But Bibi, holy cow, I used to really like that guy. I was a guest of Jared Polis when he spoke in the House Chambers. I led the chairs. But he's on the take, in my opinion, and he was under indictment. And this is an object lesson to America. And I feel like Every time I see an operation in Gaza, I wish somebody other than Netanyahu was making the call.
0: Yeah, I I know a lot of people feel that way, and I, too, am uncomfortable with his leadership. Um, but at this moment, as he's fighting a war, he has my support.
1: Right. Not the right time or place. And uh, tell me about the Colorado GOP. I, I know some good guys over there. Matt Soper comes to mind, but... Their love for Israel is sincere, and I'll take it. Do you have anything planned with those guys to show how
0: Colorado is united on this issue? Well, I'm working working with Ron Weinberg, who also has family in Israel, to put out a statement, and hopefully we'll put that out later today. What are you going to do about CU Ethnic Studies
1: Department? I You're not that old. Maybe you were in high school when I went after a guy named Ward Churchill up at CU Ethnic oh, Studies yeah. Department. And yeah. he was a fraud and a phony. And you know, I went to his office door on the CU campus and he had a little Jewish kid with a, a Nazi holding a gun next to him. And it, it had something about support Palestinian rights, taking our situation and making it his. And I was pretty dedicated against that guy. And he got his comeuppance. But that same ethnic studies department, they put out a statement in support of Hamas. What do
0: we do with that, Senator? Well, the statement that's going to come out from myself and Representative Weinberg directly addresses that again, we need to call it out. We need to point it out. We, we need to explain what's wrong in the statement. And we need to call for them to remove it.
1: I'll tell you who does a good job better than I do with the delicate subjects like this is the Anti-Defamation League. And that's why I, guess- I was, yeah. And. And that's why I said, fuck Elon Musk. I don't often cuss like that. But he took off after the ADL and NBC said that was part of a plan. And I've heard some of his talks on Twitter. It sounds like Putin talking. Don't you think that Hamas is connected to Iran and connected to Russia? Hell, Hamas just got celebrated in Moscow. What are we going to do about
0: Putin? Yeah, I I don't know what um, distresses me the most. I read in the Times of Israel... That, in that visit to Russia, the Russian military leaders said that they would be studying october the success of October seventh for years,
1: okay, in our last couple of minutes together on Twitter on musk's forum, you said something that just kind of made me shake because. I'm just a Jewish man. I've got a family. I've got wife and kids to protect, and that's my role, and I don't know how to protect them. And then I read you, and you visualized getting your house invaded and these atrocities happening to you and your family. You posted about that, and it's a real fear. You're a mental health expert. You're not the only one Why did you post that? And what can we do about this?
0: You know, I thought very carefully before I posted those words. And I posted those words because I know a lot of people are feeling them. And I wanted to name them. Um, As far as mental health is concerned, I think everybody needs to get mental health support to make it through this time, especially in the Jewish community. I have reached out and received mental health support directly in relation to my um anxiety around the war and I believe others should as well because if we're going to get to the the bottom of this, whatever the bottom looks like, we need to be mentally healthy to to handle it.
1: I think we agree that a great charity is the anti-defamation league. Let's show Elon Musk that we support this crew. And you know what they do? They try to bring people together just like you did with Tim Hernandez. You are a loving person, but you are tough. It must be Israeli or whatever. <laughs> but but your toughness. Are, and now that we know you can be president, will you be? Where are you going? And
0: and what is your role? Well, I'm really excited about starting in the Senate, and um, uh, I hope to participate in the leadership there and continue to help grow the 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 party here in Colorado with people who will have respect and um, maintain the dignity of the Jewish people. You
1: have done my audience and me a great service. I am honored by your presence. Thank you, Senator, and Am Yisrael Chai. Am Yisrael Chai. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, a good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig 303-734-7156 303-734-7156, I am Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Hey, wasn't that something, Senator Dopna Michaelson shanay I'm honored that she came on my show, and I think that she advised me well about what to do, what to play. I appreciate your advice, too, your feedback. We do have a web page. You can do it there or contact me at my law firm. Like Prime, I'm not hard to find. And I really appreciate it if you would tell a friend, subscribe on Spotify and Apple, sample them both, and please leave a great five-star review. Before we go, I want to tell you about Senator michelson Cheney and play for you the sound of her at that Sunday rally. I had met her, I think, about a year ago, said hello, invited her on my show, and then I met her at the Anti-Defamation League, big dinner that was held on the BU campus. Not a dinner, but they served some food, and she and I had a good talk there, and now we talked after our Pearl Harbor, our October 7th. Here's what she had to say at that Sunday rally when I rode my bike down with our troubadour. Join me this Saturday, by the way. Clifford May from the Foundations for the Defense of Democracy is my special guest on episode 180. Our troubadour, Dave Gunders, every time on our Saturday show, he rode me to that rally. And we heard this from Senator Dofna Michelson-Shanay.
0: Shalom Kabelim. Shalom. I am Daphna Michelson Janay, and I am the first Israeli born American to serve in the Colorado House of Representatives. Yeah. And I probably now have that distinction in the state Senate, because <laughs> um, uh, now I serve in the Senate. Um, I am, before I am going to say my comments, I'm going to read the comments of the Speaker of the House, Julie McCluskey. Our hearts break for the innocent people Hamas murdered and brutally kidnapped in this calculated and violent attack on the Jewish people. House Democratic leadership condemns in strongest terms the abhorrent terrorist attacks on Israeli victims.
1: And then even as talk show host for railing about the Tim Hernandez situation, Saying that the Tim Hernandez situation had been botched by Governor Polis, Attorney General Wiser, SOS Griswold, they were handling it with the legislative colleague, as well. hear as she explained at a rally, that none of these hosts attended. Maybe at the next pro-Israel rally, they will be there. Maybe George Proctor will be there then. You know, he was there for the anti-Iran nuke rally we had, pro-Israel rally. So was Dan, Dan Kaplis back in the day. All my colleagues, even Corcoran was there, Randy Corcoran, I think Jimmy Segenberger. Bottom line is that we had a lot of support around Israel at 710 KNUS and at 630 how Hell, I went over there and broadcast this show from the Jerusalem Post building. Here's what they could have heard if they went to that Sunday rally from Senator Michael St.
0: We had been praying for repentance on Yom Kippur. We had been praying throughout all of Sukkot. And a friend of mine, who was not a friend of mine until yesterday, made some comments that really upset the Jewish community. He did not condemn Hamas. He did not condemn the actions taken against the Jewish people. And so I called him and I said, Hey, you know, the words you said, the posts you made, they hurt our community. You don't realize your role as a state representative represents and and representing in your district, the original Jewish community of Denver. You don't recognize your role in making sure that we condemn terrorist actions on the Jewish people, terrorist actions on the state of Israel. You don't understand. And you know, I didn't think the conversation went that well. I hung up the phone and I thought, he didn't hear me, he can't hear me. But I got a call yesterday from this very same representative and you know who I'm talking about. I got a call from this very same representative that he, that he heard what I had to say that he talked to many members of the Jewish community, that he continued to learn and learn and learn, and that he unequivocally condemns Hamas.
1: Once again, I have to say, isn't Senator Michael St. really something? Thank you, ma'am, for being on my show. Thank you for listening. Tell a friends, subscribe, share. Five stars, thank you until saturday with clifford may on episode 180 be well take care bye bye
0: thanks for listening to craig's colorado home